Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, everybody. Hello, Des Moines. Oh, it's been a good time we've had at Des Moines. See, I even brought a hat. They said, sir, it is so windy out there. I said, well, my hair is very powerful. It's very strong. It can handle it. But I brought it just in case. It may get pretty bad, but it's pretty windy. So thank you all very much. And I'm thrilled to be back in the American heartland with thousands of loyal, hardworking Iowa patriots. And 20 days from now, we're going to win this state. We're going to win four more years in the White House. We're going to keep it going. And I must tell you, you know, I've just uh, looked. A poll just came out. We're up six. Okay, big deal. Uh, didn't we win by 11 or something? We're up six. And if I'm up six, nobody has ever done for Iowa and the farm belt and the farmers and all. No more estate taxes. No more anything. I saved ethanol. Ethanol is safe. For me to only be up six, I'm a little bit concerned, I'll tell you that. Because nobody's going to do for Iowa what I did for Iowa. We've just learned through explosive documents published by a very fine newspaper, the New York Post, that Joe Biden has been blatantly lying about his involvement in his son's corrupt business dealings. And this is a big smoking gun. The newly uncovered emails reveal that a top executive from the highly questionable Ukrainian company, it's an energy company, which paid Hunter at least $50,000 a month, but it's now looking like it could be $183,000 a month. That's a lot of money. Would anybody in this audience take it? I'll take it. We'll take it. Despite the fact that he had absolutely no experience, knew nothing about energy, wrote to Hunter, arranging for a meeting to meet with Vice President Joe Biden. I've been saying this for a long time with that family. The same Ukrainian energy executive even sent Hunter an email saying, quote, we urgently need your advice on how you could use your influence. In other words, Hunter was being paid for access to his vice president father, who was specifically put in charge of Ukraine and Russia. How about the Russia hoax? It turned out that they were the ones that did the Russia hoax. It was them. No collusion, no collusion. These emails show that Biden's repeated claim that he has never spoken to Hunter about his business dealings were a complete lie. It was a total lie. He lied to you over and over because he's trying to cover up a massive pay-for-play scandal at the heart of his vice presidency. And everybody knows it. Everybody in Washington knows it. We've known it for a long time. The fact is, there was never an administration more corrupt than the Obama-Biden administration. There was never, never. Just weeks ago, Joe stood before the American people in a presidential debate and told you that these claims had been totally discredited and that his son did nothing wrong. But now that turns out to be a total lie. 
Now we can see clearly that Biden is a corrupt politician who shouldn't even be allowed to run for the presidency. I was pressing Joe Biden to tell the truth because the corrupt lamestream media right back there, all those cameras right back there, they're corrupt and they refuse to write the story. There wasn't one time in almost four years during my presidency, during the greatest political scandal in U.S. history, a witch hunt, a horrible, horrible, disgusting witch hunt that should never, ever happen to another presidency again, and people should pay for the crimes they committed. Which turned out to be a total illegal hoax that false and libelous stories every day, false and libelous stories, and they knew they were false too. They knew they were false. They were never taken down by Twitter or Facebook or the mainstream media, never once. Yet with Biden today, they take negative posts down almost before they even go up. They're trying to protect him. They're trying to protect Biden. They take him down. And I was just getting off that magnificent plane behind us, Air Force One. And I had heard, and I just don't know this for a fact, but they say, Kaylee McEnany, you know Kaylee, right? Kaylee McEnany. Good Kaylee. She's so great. She's uh, incredible. They closed down her account. She's the White House press secretary because she's reporting the truth. They closed down her account. So let's see what's going to happen. And did you hear the news? Bruce Orr is finally out of the Department of Justice. Bruce Orr. Him and his wonderful wife, Molly. She wrote all this stuff, and then he goes and he works at the Department of Justice, and he took it. Didn't he bring it to the FBI? The wife writes it. She gets paid a lot of money. Bruce Orr is finally out of the Department of Justice. That's good. A couple of years too late, that's all. He should be not only in the Department of Justice outbox, he should be someplace else, okay? Eight months after his alleged meeting with the Burmese executives. So this Burmisia, Burmisia, they say, pronounce it Burmisia. A real beautiful company. Vice President Joe Biden went to Ukraine and threatened to withhold $1 billion in aid if they did not fire the prosecutor that was investigating his son and the company that his son worked for. That's Burmisia. The documents also show that before one of Joe's trips to Ukraine, Hunter emailed his business partner saying his lucrative contract should begin now. Think of that. Should begin now. Right now, it's got to begin. It's got, the whole thing is so incredible. Here's a guy, look, let's just put it in simple language. He got thrown out of the military. That's unfortunate. He didn't have a job for a long time. His father becomes vice president, and he's making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Think of it. No, think of it. Think of it. It's like uh, the Hillary stuff, the crooked Hillary, and it's the crooked Joe. You know, when a Democrat voter here in Iowa 
Ask Joe last year, you remember, if his son raked in money in exchange for providing access. Joe called that man a damn liar. You're a damn liar. Kids making millions of dollars. He had nothing. He didn't have a job. Thrown out of the military, sadly, but thrown out of the military. And he knew nothing about energy. He knew nothing about investments. Knew nothing about China. How about he walked away a billion and a half dollars to manage for China? They don't do that with the most brilliant people on Wall Street. Vice President Biden, you owe the people of America an apology because it turns out you are a corrupt politician. Okay? Joe Biden must immediately release all emails, meetings, phone calls, transcripts, and records related to his involvement in his family's business dealings, influence paddlings around the world, including China and including Russia, including Russia. Hunter raked in a fortune from China while Joe Biden was giving China all of our jobs. They came up, you know where they came from, Iowa and plenty of other places, but they came from Iowa. He was giving them, they were taking our jobs, they were taking our factories, they were taking everything, they were taking our wealth. And I gave you $28 billion, say thank you very much, President Xi. It came right out of China. And because of that, everybody's happy in Iowa. I just hope you remember that on November 3rd. Hope you remember, nobody else would have done it. Nobody else would have done it. The Biden family treated the vice presidency as a for-profit corporation flying around the globe, collecting millions of dollars from China and Ukraine and Russia and other countries. In fact, the wife of the mayor of Moscow gave Hunter Biden a check for $3.5 million in cash while his father gave away the store to Russia, including Crimea. Remember Crimea? The Bidens got rich while America got robbed. By contrast, and this is so true and so easily true, and I'm so proud of it and in so many ways, I've given up billions of dollars to serve as your president, and it's my greatest honor of a lifetime. It's so true. I ran for president because I could not sit back any longer and watch the terrible injustices being done to the American people. And it's true. And by the way, before the China plague came in, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. And now it's going right back there. Our stock market is very close to a number that was even higher. Does everybody have your 401k ready? Because it's going through the roof. We're going to have the best year we've ever had. And we're going to have tax cuts, not tax increases. They want to increase your taxes. They want to increase your taxes so they can spend it on the Green New Deal. It's another beauty. I cannot sit idly by and watch career politicians like Joe Biden continue bleeding 
this country dry. And that's what it is. You know, you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But when you have a kid that follows his father, and by the way, take a look at his brother. His brother all of a sudden is building a big housing development in Iraq. Have you ever built a development before? No, I haven't. Take a look at the whole family. It's a corrupt family. Joe Biden personifies the selfless and corrupt globalists who got rich and powerful at your expense. Take a look at the people that are funding his campaign. People assume that they'd be funding my campaign. I don't want them. We don't want them. We never needed them. We don't want them. But they betrayed American workers, disparaged American values, and crushed our middle class. For decades, Biden and his cronies laughed while they shipped millions of your jobs to their friends in foreign countries, in countries that you've never even heard of. They lived behind gated walls and they flooded your communities with illegal immigration, deadly drugs, MS-13 savages that assault, rape, and murder innocent Americans. They forced our fellow citizens to live in crumbling inner cities while they spend trillions of dollars on never-ending foreign wars. They just never ended. But you know, we're bringing all our soldiers back home. You know that. We've been doing it for a long time. And it's not easy. Not easy. The military-industrial complex. Not the easiest thing, but we're bringing them back home. We're almost finished in Afghanistan coming in. We're dealing. We're down to a small number coming home by the end of the year, hopefully the end of the year, shortly thereafter. In Syria, we're out, totally out. And by the way, we crushed, before I did this, we crushed 100% of the ISIS caliphate. 100%. We crushed 100%. We have the greatest military in the world. And by the way, we have built the greatest military in the world. So I just tell you, from Iowa, you know, you're a very powerful state politically. You're uh, a big state to me, big in your heart. But you have a tremendous influence and a tremendous power, and you've never let me down. You just came in, and we won by so much. You know, they say if a Republican wins by one point, I think I won by 11, right? 11. That was early in the night. Remember that? They said, Donald Trump has won the state of Iowa. Then they said, man, he won by 11 points. What's going on? That was just the beginning. Then we won Ohio. We won Ohio by eight points. They said, what's going on? You know, it's one thing you want to say, but when you win by a lot, and that was the beginning of something. And I'll tell you what, we have more enthusiasm now than we ever did four years ago. There really is truth. And we have great poll numbers, although, you know, you see a lot of the fake poll numbers. They're doing, they'll do anything they can. They're called suppression polls. Yeah, there they go. Look. Look at the red lights. They start to go off as they start to point. You know, in one way, they want the ratings. In another way, they don't want to have the ratings, and you're telling CNN that they're a fraud and they're broadcasting. Oh, that was one of the greatest. That was one of the greatest evenings ever. There are those that say it was the most exciting evening in the history of television, highest rated evening in the history of television. And you know what? 
The election we have coming up on November 3rd is actually more important. It's actually more important. In 2016, you voted to fire the failed and decrepit political class, and you elected an outsider as your president. And I finally put America first. It's called Make America Great Again. It's windy out here. If you can wear the hat, I can wear the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Should I take off the tie or not? What do you think? I don't know. Maybe yes. so much better. That feels better. That feels good. Now we can all just relax and have a good time. No, but it's, uh, it's great to be with you. Seriously, we've had a great history here together. What we've done for you and what we've done for the farmers and what we've done for everything. You know, two weeks ago, you had the largest order of corn in the history of our country, right? Two weeks ago, you had the largest order of soybeans in the history of our country and the largest order of beef. But you know why? Because China wants to keep me happy, that's why. It was from China because they know what they've done to us should never have been allowed. They could have stopped it. They didn't stop it. They should have stopped it. The only reason I'm your president is because the previous administration did a poor job, so poor, in fact, that I said, I'm going to run for president. And you know what? If they did a good job, I wouldn't have run. And if they did a good job, I guess I wouldn't have won. When you think, I wouldn't have run and I wouldn't have won. But they were so bad. And it turns out they were so totally corrupt. We did not come this far to overcome this much and fight this hard, only to surrender our country back to the depraved, Washington swamp. You know, when I would say, drain the swamp, I used to say it, you know, drain the swamp, and people liked it. I hated the expression. I hated it. I hated it. I just said, this is a hokey expression. And I put it in one speech, the place went crazy. I said, I'm starting to like that expression. Then I put it in another speech, and they went crazy. I said, you know, I really like it. I really like it. But you know, when, when I say drain the swamp, I had no idea the swamp was that dirty, that disgusting, and that deep. It's true. If I don't sound like a typical Washington politician, it's because I'm not a politician, thank God. And I don't want to insult our great politicians, because you have some great ones with us tonight. But if I don't always play by the rules of Washington and Washington establishment, it's because I was elected to fight for you harder than ever. And I'll tell you what, 
I fight for you harder than any president has ever fought for anyone. It's not easy. But I love it because we're making tremendous progress. We're making tremendous progress. And the fact is that no administration in their first three and a half years has ever done as much as this administration has done. You take a look at the list. And you know, it's amazing because they always challenge you. They challenge you on everything. They never even challenge me on that statement. I make that statement all the time. They just stand and they say, ah, they grit their teeth. They say he's right. We might hate him, but they say he's right. Right now, I'm fighting to eradicate the virus, rebuild the economy, and save our country from the radical left. And that's exactly what we're doing. As a candidate, Joe Biden has made yet another corrupt bargain in exchange for his party's nomination. He has handed control to the socialists and Marxists and the lunatic left-wing fringe that are really running that party. He's not running it. Let's face it, Joe is shot, okay? Whether you like it or not. We can all be nice. It's gonna be my turn someday. It's even gonna be your turn someday, my friends. Someday. But you know, when it is your turn, you can't be president. One thing I've learned, President Xi of China, he's 100%. Putin of Russia, 100%. Kim Jong-un, by the way, whatever happened to that war we were supposed to be in? Kim Jong-un of North Korea, 100%. These people are sharp in this smart. Joe has lost it. In his best day, he wasn't a smart man. Everybody knows that. But Joe is gone. If he wins, the radical left will be running the country. They're addicted to power. And God help us if they get it. We'll never be the same country, and we will never be able to recover. And we are on a basis. And I'll tell you something. The country was coming together. I was telling a very, very, actually a very good reporter today that our country was coming together because we were having such success that I was being called by people that normally I wouldn't be speaking to too much. They don't want me. I don't want them. But we had the best employment numbers in history, African-American, Hispanic-American numbers, women, Asian, everything. High school diploma without high school diploma, colleges, PhDs. We had the best numbers in every category. 160 million jobs. We were never even close to that. We were at 160 million jobs. And it was all coming together. People, let's get together, let's talk. You know, it's like splitting up the riches, really, and in a positive way, splitting up the riches. And what happened is we then got hit with the plague. And now it's back to the drawing boards, but we're going to have a strong V. The quarter, the third quarter, is going to be incredible when you see the numbers. Not that I know anything, because I don't want to give you inside information, because I don't have it. They'll say, he's giving away inside information. They are sick. But wait till you see the third quarter numbers, and it's going to be right before, it's going to be right before the election, before the November 3rd, although a lot of people will have voted by that time. Get out and vote. You got to get out and vote. Got to get out and vote. But we're, we were really coming together, because that's, you know, look, ultimately, we want to come together. Everybody come together. And we were really coming together, and then we got hit by this Horrible situation. Could have been stopped. China stopped it from going into the rest of China. But they didn't stop it from coming out and going to Europe and the United States and the rest of the world, 188 countries. So 
We're now putting it together. We had it done, and now we're doing it again. And next year will be even stronger than last year. Last year was the best year we've ever had. And this coming year will be even better than last year. Unless somebody comes along and says, let's quadruple your taxes, which is what they want to do. They want to raise your taxes. They want to go with this ridiculous Green New Deal, which, by the way, their original price, $100 trillion, you couldn't do it for that. If we did great every year for 100 years, everything was perfect, right? No nothing, no recessions, no anything. You couldn't make $100 trillion. These people are crazy, and they actually mean it. You know, they actually mean it. So we're going to uh, get it going to a level that nobody can ever turn course on us, nobody can ever change. You know, I tell the story for years as a student of economies. I just love it. I love watching it. I love doing it. And I love seeing the results because the results have been so incredible. But as a student, I used to hear for years, for 10 years, 2019 China, because look, let's face it, China's 1.4 billion people with 325. Uh, not including illegal immigrants that are in the country, frankly. And we don't even know what that number is. I said, how many do we have? We have no idea, sir. Well, I, I have an idea. By the way, our southern border is now stronger than it's ever been. But we have 325, 330 million people. But for years, I heard that China will overtake us as the world's largest economy in the year 2019. You've all heard it, I think, right? Yes, he's a very smart-looking guy. You're loaded with money, I'll bet. Look, that's why he's in the front row. He's in the front row, and he didn't have to stand here for three days to get there. I can tell he's got it. But, right, 2019, that China was going to overtake us. Well, you go back six months, seven months, not only weren't they overtaking, we were beating them by leaps and bounds and getting bigger and bigger and growing and growing and taxing them and taxing them and taking in billions and billions in tariffs. And when they targeted Iowa and the farmers of this country and ranchers and others, I said, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no, you can't. And I put a 25% tariff on everything. And I gave a lot of the money, although I don't want to say it too loudly, 28 billion. I gave you 16 and 12. I said to Sonny Perdue, Secretary of Agriculture, great guy, loves, he knows more about farms. I said, Sonny, what's the number? He said, two years ago, sir, 12 billion they hit us for. And last year, 16 billion. I said, that's okay. We're going to put a 25% tariff. The farmers are going to get 12 billion, and then they're going to get 16 billion. Okay? And we're going to give that money to our farmers. And that got our farmers even. In fact, I shouldn't tell you this because they don't like this, but some of the farmers were making more money the way they was doing it than by working their asses off, all right? They were very, very happy. But no, we took care of our farmers. No other president's going to do that. No other. That's why the. That's why China got away with all of this stuff for years. And we had plenty of money left over after the twenty-eight billion dollars. It went into the U.S. Treasury. But they got away with it because they threatened a president like Obama. We're going to target your farmers. We're going to target the middle of our country. And Obama would say, "Oh, Betty, we better not get involved." I said differently. I said, "If you do it." If you do it, then what we're going to do is we're going to tariff your goods and we're going to give a lot of that money to the people that you're targeting. And you know, the thing that most impresses me about Iowa, Nebraska, and a lot of other states, 
If you look, uh, by the way, uh, Minnesota was so great. All of them, every one of them. Wisconsin was incredible. They never came to me and said, sir, you can't let this happen. They're stopping ordering. They're not ordering from us. They never said it. You know what they said? The president is right. At some point, we have to put up a stand. And I didn't hear one even from fake CNN. They put people on television that said, I know it's not good, but the president is right. The president is right. You did the right thing. Because otherwise, it puts me in a bad negotiating position. You can't really negotiate. You know, it's tough. It's tough. I never, I'll never forget that about the farmers. It's incredible. The other thing I won't forget, you don't mind if I go off script. This stuff is enough with, enough with crazy Hunter Biden and making millions of dollars a day. He made it because of his great intellect. No, but, but you know the other thing? Where's Hunter? Is Hunter here tonight, by the way? Hunter? Hunter, congratulations on making a lot of money last year. You know the other thing I remember? In the White House, we had 36 farmers come to see me. I'll never forget it. And they were getting hit really hard. This was two and a half years ago, early. And they came in to see me, almost all farmers. And they said, uh, sir, we're, you know, we're hurting, but uh, you're doing the right thing, sir. I'll never forget this meeting. It's early. I have pictures of it. Uh, many from Iowa, but from other states, but many from Iowa. And I never saw it because everyone's always asking me for money. I want money here. I want my countries want money. Our so-called allies are always asking for money. Please defend us, even though then they rip us off on trade. You know, we defend them, and then they rip us off on trade. They're always asking for money. So the farmers are in, and I said to them, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a big thing. I'm going to get you a lot of money, and I'm going to do for tariffs, and I'm going to do this. To this is very early on in the strategy. And I'm going to subsidize you guys. You're going to be so happy. And I used a terrible word. They said, sir, may I speak? Yes. You can. What do you want to say? We don't want subsidies, sir. All we want is a level playing field. We don't want anything. All we want. It's true. I never heard that. Most people, they don't care. Call it subsidy. Call it give me cash. Just give me money. The farmer said we, and by the way, I could see there was like a chill in the room. I mentioned that word. I said, did I say something wrong? The farmers are unbelievable. They're the heart of this nation. They said, we don't want subsidy. I'll never forget it. Sir, we don't want subsidy. We don't want that. We just want a level playing field, sir. We'll beat anybody. We want a level. And it's to this day, I tell that story all the time because I don't hear that. Most people, they don't care. You can call it anything you want. You call subsidy, you call it anything you want. I just think you people are incredible, okay? That's it. Enough. Enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of that or I'm going to make him cry, and he hasn't cried in 40 years, that guy. One of the most important issues for Iowa is the whole thing that happened with ethanol. They were killing ethanol. And Joe Biden's vowed to abolish fossil fuels. He supports all of the outside, you know, this crusade to eliminate gas-powered cars. And his running mate sponsors uh, the insane. You know, she's the most liberal. By the way, did Mike Pence beat her? You know the expression in boxing? 
or as my friend Dana would say, UFC. If that were a fight, they would have stopped it, right? Mike Pence, we love Mike Pence, and he loves Iowa too. He loves Iowa. He just left. The Biden-Harris platform will demolish Iowa ethanol. You know that, wiping out the entire industry. And we fought hard for it. You know, we went through the whole thing where we had no demand because of the pandemic. And we all fought hard to get, keep it going and keep the ethanol going. And we did the 12 months. You know, I did 12 months. Remember, it was eight months. I said, why not 12? And they couldn't give me a very good answer. But I made it year-round and 15%, right? Up from the 10, 15%. And it's great stuff. And when the market comes back, which is coming back, but in the meantime, you have inexpensive gasoline. That's not so bad, right? That's not so bad. Because nobody ever thought they'd see gasoline with a two in the front of it, unless. And we've saved all of our energy jobs. And whether we like it or not, when we are having problem with energy, I called Russia and I called Saudi Arabia and they reduced production by more than 10 million barrels a day. And our entire energy was saved all over the world, frankly. They're not doing it for us, but they're doing it for, let's say, everybody. And we have an incredible country, and we saved our energy industry, our energy jobs, and we are energy independent. And it's a beautiful thing. And by the way, I also made a little promise most of you won't understand. For those people in the ethanol world, you can use the pumps, okay? Do you understand that? You can use the pumps. In other words, you don't have to go out and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on new pumps. Because, you know, with the additional ethanol, the additional power, some people say, oh, make them buy new pumps. No, I don't want you to buy new pumps. You don't have to. So for those people that understood what I just said, you know what I'm talking about, right? Using the pumps, that'll be okay. To defend our rights and our Constitution, I nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the United States Supreme Court. Right? And I'll tell you, you know, I don't mind running against Sleepy Joe, but I wouldn't want to run against her right now. She has to promise. Please promise me, Amy, you'll never run. No, she's been great. She's so outsmarting these people, these people with bad intention. You look at some of the questions that are being asked, and you just, it's so obvious. These are not great chess players, let's face it. Let's face it, they're not great, but then they're, they're horrible, just horrible, nasty, and she handles it like nothing. She's a great intellect. And one of the reasons she has a highly respected professor who's been teaching for many years, said she was the single greatest student that he's ever had. And that sold me. You know, I believe in that kind of thing. It's called intelligence. I believe in intelligence. But I just want to, uh, haven't spoken to her in a few days, I want to just say that we made the right choice, right, with Amy. And speaking about making the right choice, you made the right choice a long time ago with a man named Senator Chuck Grassley. And you made the right choice, and you're going to do it again, I hope, because she's great, Joni Ernst. And they're right now in Washington fighting to confirm our great new 
justice, our future justice of the United States Supreme Court. Uh, Joni has been fantastic, and she's been fighting for Iowa values for a long time. She'll call me, sir, can we do this? She, nobody called me more on ethanol than Joni and Chuck. In fact, I used to duck their calls. Tell them I'm not in. Just tell them I'm not in. I can't take it anymore, Joni. But that's what a good senator is. They want to keep your state going. They want to keep our country going. They love our country. They love our state that they represent. So Joni Ernst, you got to get her in. And Chuck Grassley, we don't have to worry about him. He'll be around forever. He's great. You know what I love about Chuck Grassley? He's got that voice, that great voice. Even when he's being nice, he sounds like the toughest guy, right? And he's being nice. And he looked at Comey, remember, you know, the corrupt FBI director. And he looks at Comey. He looks at Comey, corrupt guy. And he just said, did you leak? And Comey joked, yes, I did. He said, in the house. Now, let's see what happens to him. But I'll never forget Chuck Grassley. And he didn't mean it to be mean. He's just sort of like got that rough voice. Did you leak? Uh, 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 what? Uh, yes, I gave it to my uh, college professor friend from Columbia, yes. Remember that? Ah, oh, we love Chuck. What a piece of work he is. If Democrats win, they will pack the Supreme Court with radical left judges who would shred our Second Amendment. And believe me, if they win, your Second Amendment is gone, okay? They'll empower violent mobs and shield deadly criminals and terrorists. Very simple. Joe Biden refuses to even answer questions unpacking the Supreme Court. How about this? They go up to him, do you want to pack the court? I'm not going to answer that question. You know why? Because they don't ask it if he doesn't, you know. Me, it would be like, uh, forget it. But they say, you were going to pack the court, sir. Uh, I'm not going to answer that because I don't want to say. Oh, okay, good. Next question. Can you, no, can you believe it? This is the essence of our country. We can't allow this to happen. And the other thing is, they don't ask the second. I put up a list of 45 great, brilliant, conservative, in our case, justices that go by the Constitution as written, etc., etc. Okay? So, he's got to put up the name of justices or judges, whoever he'd pick, to become a justice of the Supreme Court. He's not doing that. They're not asking that question. They don't ask. Did you see the NBC thing uh, last week where they had an NBC town hall? It was designed for a child, okay? When I get in, they ask me things that nobody ever even contemplated could be thought of. This guy, they're asking him these questions. Nobody can believe it. In fact, NBC took a lot of heat. They took a lot of heat. Biden's agenda would be a catastrophe for Iowa seniors. Everybody knows that. For years, Biden tried to cut Social Security and Medicare. Do you remember that? You do know he wanted to cut your Social Security and your Medicare. Now Biden is pledging mass amnesty and federal health care for illegal aliens, decimating Medicare and destroying your Social Security. And the problem is we all have a heart. I say it all the time. I'd love to take care of everybody all over the world. The problem is our country can't afford it. And if you start saying, we're going to give free education, we're going to give you Medicare, we're going to give you health care, we're going to give you everything, our country will be flooded with millions and millions of people that are going to come from all over the world. They will decimate our country. You can't do it. Biden cares more about 
illegal aliens than he does for your senior citizens. It's true. I remember when they asked a question at the debate where the Democrats were up there. You had all these Democrats. They started off at 26. And in fact, I, I said, there's no way they picked Kamala because she treated him worse than anybody else. And her poll numbers were dropping like a rock, right? But they asked, who is going to give money, health care, to illegal aliens? And they all raised their hand. Remember, Joe? Looking around, oh, yeah, yeah, he didn't understand the question. He did. You know, at least he has an excuse because he, he has no clue what the hell they're asking. But do you remember his position? He was like this. Their hands are all up. We're going to give all our money away. Forget about all you people. That's a big crowd, by the way. Look at that. Show it. Show it, please. Turn those cameras, please. That's a beautiful crowd. That's beautiful. But remember, Joe, so he's standing there. Now, you know, he's going to give health care to illegal immigrants, people that come into the country illegally, in other words, right? They come in illegally. And under a plan, they have the manifesto. They want to give them a lawyer. That's what we need. There's more lawyers now, okay? They want to give them a lawyer. They want to give them education. They want to give them health care. But they asked the question. And I said, wow, because I think they had like 26 people originally. But every one of them raised a hand, including Sleepy Joe. And what happened is Joe's like this. Everybody other hand. And Joe, you could see he's, you know, for 47 years, he's got the itch because he's like, he knows this isn't going to work. He's saying to himself, because, you know, there's still something left, not much. But he's saying to himself, there's a natural instinct, right? A political instinct. And the, his shoulder went up, and then his hand. So I don't know. I don't think I'm even going to hold it to him. I'm not going to hold him. I got enough. How about the no fracking? We will not frack. Do you understand me? We will not. Then he gets a nomination, goes to Pennsylvania where they are reliant on energy and fracking and the jobs. Hundred, probably 900 to a million jobs, right? Goes there. The day after, he says he's not fracking. He says, we will frack. We will frack. And they don't hold it to him. If I ever did that, it would be the end. But never going to be the end for us either, is it? Huh? You know that. Never going to be the end. Because we have something going that nobody has ever had going. We have a relationship with the people that nobody's ever had. Not because, you know, I do think I'm a nice guy. You know, a lot of people, they say suburbia, the suburban. I've saved the suburbs, okay? I've saved the suburbs. Then I heard I'm not doing well with suburban women, okay? I got rid of, no, it's true, they say that. But of course, they said that last election too. He will do terribly with women, terribly. And then when I did great with women, they said, man, he did well with women. Same thing's going to happen. You know what I find? Suburban women, period, they want security. They don't want their home values going down. They don't want a low-income housing project built in the middle of suburbia next to their house. And we have a rule that's a disaster. It's a regulation. And I said to Ben Carson and some people, I say, I want to terminate it. They looked at me, they go, well, we can amend it. I said, you don't understand. I want to terminate it. You all know about it. It's a disaster where they change the zoning and they make it impossible and you end up with low-income housing all over the place. And remember this, 29 to 30% of the people living in suburbia are minorities. So this has nothing to do with discrimination. It has nothing to do with anything. 
What it has to do is with the American dream. The American dream. We're not going to destroy the American dream for, for stupid people like Cory Booker. And he was putting Cory Booker in charge. How about that one? That's a beauty. Yeah, he did a great job as mayor of Newark, New Jersey. That worked out. How's, how's Newark doing? This election is a choice between Trump recovery at a level that nobody's ever seen before and a Biden depression. If they get elected, they're going to double and triple and quadruple your taxes. You will have a depression the likes of which this country has never seen before, and that probably includes 1929. Okay? And one thing we learned about the farmers, they don't do well in depressions. Do we agree? They don't do well. Nobody does well in a depression. You will have problems like you've never had before. Joe Biden would terminate our recovery, delay the vaccine, prolong the pandemic. And by the way, for those states, open up your states. Open them up. Watch. On November 4th, November 4th, all these uh, Democrat governors that have lockdowns, right? You know, I always said, I said right at the beginning, I think it was me that came out first. You know, they'll try and say, 20 years ago, somebody said the same thing. But I said, the cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. And if you look at what's happening with these lockdowns to children, get the children back to school. Like, I'll give you an example. The children, 99.9%. Uh, Baron Trump, you know, he had, he had the Corona-19, the China virus. It's got 21 different names. I could go over it. But to me, Corona means Italy. China is China. And it came from China. So he had the China virus, right? And he had it for such a short period of time. I don't even think he knew he had it because they're young and their immune systems are strong and they fight it off 99.9%. And Barron is beautiful and he's free, free. Like my wife, our first lady who loves Iowa, by the way, our, our first lady, she put out that Barron has tested positive. And I said, wow. And we talked about it. I said, you put it out. You're not, you know, it's like personal stuff, but you, we really haven't. I said, yeah, let's put it out. Barron tested positive. Within like uh, two seconds, it was, uh, Barron is just fine now. He's tested negative, right? Because it happens. People have it and it goes, get the kids back to school. We got to get the kids back to school. Get them back to school. All right, get them back. Get them back. And when I had it, you might have read, maybe most of you don't know this, but I had it too. I didn't love it. But you know, um, you know, it's, it's a little tough and you have a temperature and you don't feel good. And then the scarier part is, you know, where is it going? It's fine. You're at a 101 or 102 and then you say, hey, Dad, I love this. You haven't had a temperature in years. And then all of a sudden you have it. But you see what happens to people? 
And I went to the hospital, and it's an incredible hospital. Walter Reed, I've seen what they've done because I've been there many times for our great warriors that come back so badly wounded. And these doctors are incredible. And one thing, when you're president, I'm laying in this bed, not feeling my best. And I'm surrounded by 12 doctors. One's ahead of Johns Hopkins. One's ahead of Walter Reed. One's ahead of these incredible doctors. And I looked at the alternatives, all things we developed in the last seven months. And one of them is Regeneron. And I said, I'll take that one. Because it very early in the testing, but it had great numbers. And I'm telling you, they gave me this, and they call it a, a therapeutic. To me, it's a cure. Because I felt like Superman the following morning. I felt like. In fact, I made a speech about a day later, two days later, somebody said, he looks better now than he did two weeks ago. What the hell's going on? So this is what's happening. We're really, we're making tremendous progress. The vaccines are coming out very soon. A lot of great things are happening on that front, but a lot of great things are happening for our country. I'm working to make the antibody treatment that I received to, uh, I want to give it to all of the people that qualify for it, people in hospitals, people just before they go to hospitals. We'll clean out our hospitals. Eli Lilly makes a very similar drug, and we're going to do it free. We're going to do it free. It's not their fault. We're going to do it free. So we're in that process of getting an emergency. It's called emergency use authorization, and we're going to uh, Regeneron and uh, the Eli Lilly a comparable drug. We're going to give it to everybody, and I hope they have the kind of luck that I have. But maybe I would have been perfect anyway. I like to say I didn't need it. I would have been perfect anyway because I'm so strong. You know, I said that. I said sarcastically, I said, well, I'm in no danger because I'm in perfect physical shape and I'm very young. And CNN goes and reports, President Trump lied to the American public. They said, can you believe this? This is... Uh, this is, I was telling last night, we had an incredible rally in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, I, they're doing to CNN. I thought they were doing it to me, I said. We don't have too many of them anymore. Do you ever notice, you know, at the beginning when we started, we'd always have the, the phony people that stand up and, you know, raise their voice, they go home to mom, get balled up. I don't know, I shouldn't be talking about this because all of a sudden we have, but we don't have that anymore. I learned about the cameras because the cameras never like short. Look at that. Look where that crowd goes to. Look where that crowd goes to. All the way back to the buildings. And I'm always telling, I never thought the cameras could move. And then I just noticed whenever we had a troublemaker in the audience, they'd spin around, they'd be in like a pretzel, right? They can do anything, these guys. I thought they were like rigid, you know, like a rigid piece of steel. They don't turn. But if we had in the back room behind the pillar, Somebody, that camera would be turning around like a snake, 15 different angles. But that sounds good. That's a brand new F-35 fighter jet. You can't see it. They say it's the greatest plane in the world. And by the way, speaking of that, our military, when I came in, the world's most overrated general told me, sir, we have no ammunition because we may have had a conflict very early in. And I said, no president should ever hear that. And we have rebuilt our military, $2.5 trillion, all made in the USA, with equipment like that, the likes of which no country has ever seen before. We are the envy of Russia and China 
and any other country. We have equipment that nobody has. Our missiles, our rockets, our nuclear has been totally upgraded. And pray to God we never have to use it, because I see what happens. Pray to God. But if we didn't have that, we could be in very big trouble. It's a very tough situation. But you look at the new tanks that we've ordered from Ohio, by the way. We kept the Lima, the Lima plant. I said, keep it open. They were going to close it. I said, keep it open. Before I became president, I said, keep it open. Because I visited. I said, you could never build a plant like this. You could never get the people to make the tanks. And we're going to be ordering tanks. We've totally rebuilt our military. We have the greatest missiles, rockets, tanks, fighters, bombers, tankers, ships in the world, all made in the USA. You can be proud of your country. Look at this young, handsome, this young, handsome farmer. You're going to be a farmer someday? You're going to be a farmer? Huh? He goes, hell yeah. I'd like to be a farmer, too, sometimes, I'll tell you. We're joined tonight by some incredible friends and great people. Your governor, who's done an incredible job, Kim Reynolds, and Kevin, her husband. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, honey. Really great job, Kim. How we doing, by the way? Okay, we're looking good? That's good. Thank you for everything, Kim as well as Lieutenant Governor Adam Gregg. Adam, thank you. Thank you very much, Adam. Great job. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture, Mike Nagy. Mike. Where's Mike? Thank you, Mike. Iowa Senate Majority Leader, Jack Whitber. Thank you. See the way they all stay together. They like each other. Speaker of the Iowa House. Oh, you got to tell me this. This is good genes, I think, right? There are genes involved here, right? Pat Grassley, right? Good genes. What's the relationship, Pat? Huh? That's good stuff. You got good stock. I want to bet on that guy in the future. Thank you very much. Great job. I hear you doing a great job. We're doing all right? Good. Thank you, Pat. Ambassador Terry Branstad. Okay, I, can I, do we have time for one quick story about Branstad? Okay. Because his son Eric is even better than him, but I'm not going to talk about it. And here's a guy that doesn't mind me saying, you know, a lot of fathers, they get angry if you say that. Oh, I'm better than my son. Those are not great fathers. This guy's proud. His son is great. But when I met Terry, it was long before I thought about this, and I heard the governor of Iowa was in New York, and he wanted to see me. I said, oh, what the hell do I want to see the governor of Iowa for? And I'm putting up buildings. And I'm saying, all right. And I invited him before I ever thought about really doing this, you know, early on at least. And he came up, and a humble guy, great guy, handsome guy, that face, right? And he sat down. I figured I'd give him like five minutes. Kim, no longer than that, five. And I ended up spending an hour and a half. I said, that is the smartest governor. And then I learned, and as you know, he was the governor for 24 years. That's an all-time record in the United States, right? 20, 24. And 
He told me a story in the first meeting. That was before I think that I was even thinking about doing this. And again, it's only because Obama and Biden were so bad. I said, let me do it. I wish I didn't have to, but I'm having a lot of fun because we're making such progress. But he told me a story. He said, you know, many years ago, I met a man in China because he was selling corn. Can you believe it, right? Corn, crops. And he was selling corn. And he said to his wife, this is 35, 40 years ago, he said, I met a man in China and went home to my wife. And I said, you know, I just met the next president of China many years forward, but I just met a future president of China. And I said, who was that? It was President Xi, who's now the president of China. And I said, you got to be kidding. He said, nope, I could tell right from the beginning. He was different, and he was, I'm not happy with what's going on, just, but he said, I just met the next president. And then I remembered that story, and then I ran, and he was so incredible to me in Iowa, and he wanted us to win, and his son was very much in charge of what we were doing, and it worked out great, and we won by a lot, and then we won the whole thing. And I said, you know, we have to pick somebody really smart for China. And I said, you know, the governor of Iowa, came to me and told me that story. And I called him, I said, how would you like to be ambassador to China? And he said, sir, I've been doing this for 24 years. It would be an honor. And I have to tell you this, he represented us great with China. He represented us. I never told that story. I never told that story. But about a month ago, he called, he said, sir, I want to come home now. I want to make sure you get reelected. I want to come home, and he's out there. I know he's out there working, but we love him. He's a special guy. We've got a couple of real beauties with Grassley and with this guy. I'll tell you, what a couple of great people. Thank you very much for everything. Great job you did as ambassador. The only question I have is, do we call you Mr. Ambassador or Mr. Governor? What do you like? He said, either one's okay. That's him. Anyway, thank you very much. Great job. I want to introduce another one who's one of the best, maybe the best in the whole country. He's the chairman of the Iowa GOP, Jeff Kaufman. You look good, Jeff. You lost weight, Jeff. You lost weight. I'm proud of you, Jeff. You do a great job. How are we doing? He said, Iowa's ours. <laughs> Always be careful. He said, I was yours. I said, never say that. The last one, you know, uh, Beto, remember when he said uh, he was running for president, he was doing okay, and he was on the cover of a third-rate magazine called Vanity Fair, and he made the statement, I was born to do this. I said, that's the end of his political career. And I was, he was born to do it. That didn't work out. Uh, I hear we're doing great. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Congressional candidate, a star, a guy who's going to be fantastic, David Young. You got a lot of good candidates. We're also joined by a very special guest, one of the greatest wrestlers in American history. You know that, right? He's an unbelievable guy. I've known about him for a long time. Do we all love Jim Jordan, our congressman, right? Right? Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan is a great wrestler, a great uh, NCAA champion and all. A lot of people don't know that, but Jim, and Jim's from Ohio. But he says the greatest of them all is a guy named 
Dan Gable. You ever hear of Dan Gable? And listen to this. I mean, I have to tell you, is Dan here? I hope he's here. Come here, Dan. Come on. Come on. Look at this. You, you mean I can't take this guy in a fight? Can you believe it? Huh? Hey, Dan, I'm immune and I can't give it to you, so that's good. We love you. So, but I met Dan a few years ago and I looked at him and I said, how come he's 181 and one? Think of it. He won 180 when people don't know, like, that's like crazy. 181 and one. I'm going to ask you later on who is the one. I want to find out who. But he did something else. He won the Olympics, 1972. And to do that, he had to wrestle against the six greatest wrestlers in that weight class in the world. And he did something never did, done before. He didn't yield one point throughout the whole thing. And he ended up beating in the Olympic finals for the gold medal. He beat the great Russian wrestler, didn't get a point. He went through the whole thing. Nobody got a point. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying to myself, I'm telling you I could take him, but I better not try it. But Dan has been inducted into the USA Wrestling Hall of Fame, the US Olympic Hall of Fame, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, and the United World Wrestling Hall of Fame. And he's become University of Iowa's all-time most winning coach. In fact, Jim Jordan said, he was as great a coach as he was a wrestler. He won many. How many championships did you win as a coach? Fifteen. And I come from a town where you have the Jets, they never win. You have the Mets, they never win. He won 15. That's uh, called talent. It's called extraordinary talent, actually. And what I did is I thought about it. I thought about it long and hard. We're very selective. So the Congressional Medal of Honor and the Presidential Medal of Freedom are the two greatest awards you can get in our country. And I'm proud to announce that I will be awarding very shortly at the White House of the Oval Office, Coach Gable, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. That's, that's humbling. That's humbling because uh, that's the highest honor. I'm used to winning and have to doing it on the mat. But because I did it so many times on the mat and in other places that I'm actually getting some other awards where I can just do it and they give it to me. See, the thing about this guy is I've coached a lot of athletes over all the years and I'll tell you what, when I look at them and I hear them, they kind of remind me a little bit of this guy right here. And, and every one of them, you had to mold. Every one of them, you had to learn a little bit more. They had to get better. And every one of them did. And that's why they were not just one-time champions. This guy's already a one-time champion. But because 
He's open for learning. And he's already very competent that he's going to be a multi-champion president of the United States of America. Pride of Iowa, and he's, uh, he's great. You know, you always try and figure out what makes a champion, because you look at him, nice guy, good-looking guy, all that stuff, but why is he 181-1? and one? Why is he a gold medalist that's done something that nobody ever did? Didn't allow one point of any of these wrestlers, and they're all the best in the world, the toughest. And there's just something different, and you'll probably never figure it out. It is with great champions. You see it, and you see it all the time with great champions. But there are very few. Jack Nicholas, you see it. Tiger got the same award. When Tiger won the Masters a few months ago, I said, you know what? That's an incredible thing he did. And we gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and he said it's one of the greatest honors. He actually said it's his greatest honor. I said, uh, Tiger, you deserve it. You know, he went through a lot, and he came back. and. But you have great champions, and they're different. And nobody knows why. That man is different, and he's a champion. And it's an honor to present you to the people that love you most, Iowa. Thank you. Thank you. Under my administration, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. And now we're doing it again. We've got a V-shape. We're going to see some very big numbers, and you're seeing it. In my first three years, family income increased by $6,000. That's more than five times the gains in all eight years under the last administration. African-American income grew nine times more than it did under Biden and Obama. We lifted 6.6 .6 million Americans out of poverty. So proud of that. African-American unemployment, Hispanic-American unemployment, and Asian-American unemployment all reached the lowest levels in history. At the end of the last administration, the Congressional Budget Office projected fewer than two million jobs would be created over the next three years. And we crushed that prediction and created almost eight million jobs. Nobody can believe it. And we're doing it again. My policies have benefited those who needed it the most. The bottom 50% of households saw an astonishing 40% increase in net worth. After our tax cuts, wages grew fastest for the nicest. I mean, it makes me feel so good. Blue-collar workers, they were the ones that had the biggest benefit from what we did. Since the China virus, we have created a record 11.4 million jobs. That's a record. We've never created jobs at a level at which we're creating them now. We've already cut the unemployment rate in half. We're down to 7.8%. Sounds high, but a lot of people said we're going to be at 42%. We're down to 7.8% and going down rapidly. Under Biden, it took 30 months to recover more than half of the jobs lost. 30 months. We did it in five months. Jobs have been recovering. 
Think of this. Jobs have been recovering 23 times faster than the Obama-Biden recovery. 23 times faster. Not 23 percent. 23 times faster. I've spent the last four years reversing the damage Joe Biden inflicted over the last 47 years. He supported NAFTA, a disaster. Now you have USMCA. It's the best. It's now kicked in. He supported TPP, would have destroyed your farms, would have destroyed everything, and our auto industry would have been gone. And he supported China's entry into the World Trade Organization, a catastrophe for our nation. You know, China tries to get away with the fact that they are a developing nation. Not anymore. If Biden wins, China wins. That's what's going to happen. If Biden wins, China will own our country. They'll own it. And if we win, Iowa wins and America wins, then we're going to win for a long time. For decades, our politicians spent trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. But now we are finally protecting our nation, rebuilding our cities, and we are bringing our jobs, our factories, and our troops back home to the USA where they belong. And as I mentioned, one of the things that was very important to me was to eliminate the very unfair estate tax or death tax on small businesses and farms. So now if you love your child and you're a farmer and you think he's doing a great job or she's doing a great job, and she wants to keep the farm or he wants to keep the farm, there is no more estate tax where they have to go out and borrow a fortune to pay the tax. Is there anybody here who has a child to which they do not want to leave the farm because they don't like their child? Because, raise your hand, please. Does anybody have the courage? Yeah, there's one person over there. He says he's only kidding. No, but it's a big thing. I mean, look, it's a big thing. A lot of farms were put out of business. The parents, they pass away. They leave the farm to the son, the daughter, to the family, and the family has to go out and borrow a fortune. And then they have a little bad season, a couple of bad seasons, and they end up losing everything. We don't have that anymore. We don't have, we cut the estate tax. It's out, gone. These are things a lot of people don't even know. We got that. Along with the tax cuts, we got that. Biden wants to repeal our tax cuts and massively raise taxes on your family farms. And what we did was uh, hit the, uh, you know this, I mean, you, you know exactly. We hit it so quickly. We hit so hard. We hit so strong on this whole tax situation because the farmers were being untreated with being treated unfairly, so unfairly with respect to taxes. I quickly issued a major disaster declaration, and I will be with you every step of the way. And I think Kim will say this, your governor, when you had floods all over the place, you were like a large-scale swimming pool. I hate to say it, Iowa. I looked at the pictures that your governor sent. I said, Kim, I never knew that this was oceanfront property. And we took care of you, right? We gave you everything you needed, and we got rid of all of the — we rebuilt the dams and the dikes, right? We rebuilt it, and we rebuilt it fast. My opponent has put forward a radical plan to eliminate U.S. borders by implementing catch-and-release, imposing 
deadly sanctuary cities and suspending all removals of illegal aliens. So if you have somebody that's a murderer or rapist, we can't do it. They agreed with Bernie Sanders, crazy Bernie. There's nobody that knows how to lose like Bernie. Four years ago, he lost. He went home happy. He lost again because Pocahontas refused to get out of the race. Otherwise, I would have been running against Bernie. I don't know which is better. There would have been a lot more enthusiasm for Bernie, smaller base, more enthusiasm. But he got, I'll tell you, we're going to get a lot of the Bernie voters because they don't like Joe and they love our policy on dealing with other nations because they love our policy on trade because they they understand they happen to understand that but they also know we can do something about it Bernie would have never never been able to do that the United States would be completely overrun in a matter of days under my leadership we achieved the most secure border in US history and we are finishing the wall. It's now over 400 miles long. It's already built. And as I said, Mexico is paying for the wall. You know, uh, we did more. One of these fake reporters said it. We did more. One of the only politicians that's ever run. Forget about politicians. But one of the only politicians ever run that actually has done more than he or she has promised. As an example, I campaigned a lot in Iowa. I never mentioned the word Space Force. But when I got into office, I realized I looked at Russia. I looked at Kim Jong-un. I looked at China. I said, we need a Space Force. And we got Space Force. I never talked about it in the campaign trail. We also passed VA choice for our great veterans and VA accountability, things that they said were impossible to get done. So now, instead of waiting online for weeks and weeks, if they have to wait, they go out to a doctor. We pay the bill, and it's been a great thing. 91% approval rating in the VA. They're doing a great job over there. Think of it. I mean, I shouldn't be telling you this, because they'll find the vet someplace who's unhappy. But think of it. All our lives, we used to see on the evening news horror shows with the vets and the vets and the vets, and it's terrible what they're doing. You don't see any stories about the VA. You don't see any stories. We have done 91% approval rating by the vets for the VA, the job we're doing. And we defeated 100%. You know, we're bringing our soldiers home. But we defeated 100% of the ISIS caliphate in Syria and Iraq. And when I took over, it was a mess. And we killed the leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. They were looking for him for years and years. And we then took out the world's number one terrorist and the mass murder of American troops and many other troops and many other people. Qasim Soleimani is dead. Dead. One of the biggest things to happen in the Middle East in 50 years. I withdrew from the last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear catastrophe. $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash for nothing. The deal's practically expiring now anyway if we didn't terminate it. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. And you know that presidents have been talking about that for decades. Every president said they were going to do that, then they never had the guts to do it. 
I also recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. And that's been 52 years they've been talking about that. I got it done in about two hours. And instead of endless war, we're forging peace in the Middle East. So I get nominated for three Nobel Peace Prizes, different subjects. And I told the story the other night. I was in Florida, where Pennsylvania. I told our first lady, darling, we're going to have the greatest publicity I've ever had tonight. I got nominated for the Nobel Prize. Do you know what that is, darling? Let's go home. So I leave for the first time in a long time early. I get home. I turn on the television. They talked about your floods in Iowa. They talked about how's Iowa doing the crops? How's this happening? How are they doing in Florida? How they Three, four stories, one after another. Where's my Nobel Peace Prize they don't talk about? I said, you know, darling, this news is a little tough. It's a little tough to crack. When Obama got his Nobel Prize, it was so early, he didn't even do anything. He still doesn't know what he got it for. They said, why did you get it? He said, I have no idea. And it was the biggest story. It was all over the place. With me, I got three, and they got three nominations nobody talks about. So at least I figured I might as well mention it, right? Kim, I should mention it, right, Kim? Kevin, right, Kevin? Kevin, stand up, please, Kevin. There's the guy. They went on a hunting trip. My son, Don, he loves hunting, and he went, Kevin, Don, and about 300 of the governors, your previous, Terry, uh, your previous governor's friends, and they all went hunting, and it was like 25 degrees below zero. The only two guys that stood out there the whole time were Kevin and Don Trump, Jr. And they came back. Everyone else was back in about 15 minutes, Terry, right? They were all back, and they wanted to go back into the lodge, the hell with this. And after a weekend, my son comes back, and Kevin comes back, and you two guys didn't even know what they were talking about. You didn't know what the problem was, right? People don't know that about Don, and they don't know that about... But Kevin is fantastic. Thank you, Kevin, for being here. Appreciate it. It's a real... He's a real guy. So I'm ending the old wars, and Biden will lead us into new wars. And we did more in 47 months than Biden did in 47 years, and that's a fact. And if you look at the Democrats, they're pushing the most far-left agenda ever put forward by a presidential nominee. Their plan would destroy your Social Security, destroy protections for pre-existing conditions, Biden vowed to terminate our travel bans on jihadist regions. You know, I got the travel ban. Everyone said, oh, that's not nice. I said, really? It's not nice to come up and blow up cities either, is it? We won in the United States Supreme Court, and he wants to end it. And surge refugee admissions by 700 percent, meaning 700 percent, opening the floodgates to radical Islamic terrorism. No, thank you. No, thank you, Sleepy Joe. He'll ban school choice and he'll ban charter schools, very important places. And it all starts, you know, civil rights all starts with the education and uh, we need school choice. In a second term, I will provide school choice to every parent in America. We've already started. We've already started. You know, it's an incredible thing because it's great education for less money. It's sort of a crazy thing. Less money, great education. And just to sort of finish up, a vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, and a limitless future for all Americans. Over the next four years, 
We will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world, and we will end our reliance on China once and for all. It's already happened. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms, your Second Amendment. We will strike down terrorists to threaten our citizens, and we will keep America out of ridiculous, horrible, endless foreign wars. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might. We have never, ever been even close to as strong as we are right now. Greatest equipment ever in our history. And we will ensure peace through strength. And if you remember when I ran, they said, oh, he's a very militant kind of a guy. We'll be in a war the first week. Well, where's the war? Where's the war? And I'm making other countries pay because, you know, NATO, they weren't paying their bills. They were delinquent, to use a New York real estate term. They weren't paying their bills. I said, you got to pay. The Secretary General of NATO is my single biggest fan. They're paying $130 billion a year more now because I said, look, you got to pay. You got to pay. They rip us on trade, and then we're supposed to protect them, the European Union. So NATO. So they're paying $130 billion more, going to $410 billion more each year. So that's it. Where are the wars? He's going to get us into a war. Where are the wars? They don't want any part of us. Nobody wants any part of us in the world. They were tired of being ripped off as a country. We will end surprise medical building. We will, you know, the surprise medical building is a disaster. It's ending as of January 1st. Require price transparency, all signed, all done, January 1st. Can you imagine if I lose and I've done all these things, they kick in on January 1st? You're going to say, boy, that Biden's done a great job on price transparency. And they'll say, what do you think? And he has no idea what the hell it is. And further reduce the cost of prescription drugs. We went through a favored nation's clause so that we will pay the lowest drug prices in the world, okay? We will strongly protect Medicare and Social Security, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. And you know, when I took over, NASA was basically closed. It was shredded. It was nothing. And now it's the number one preeminent space center anywhere in the world by far. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our schools. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. And we will live by the timeless words of our national motto, in God we trust, and it won't change.
For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of Iowa. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your workers and co-workers, and get the hell out to vote, because if I don't get Iowa, I won't believe that one. I may never have to come back here again if I don't get Iowa. I'll never be back. You understand that, Kim? I will say this. There has never been a president has done more for farmers and ranchers, for the Farm Belt, for Iowa. There's never been a president that's even come close to what I've done. And I will say that, and I'll say it loud and clear. I'll say that loud and clear. From Cambridge to Council Bluffs, from Cedar Rapids to Rock Rapids, from Davenport to right here in Des Moines, we stand on the shoulders of Iowa patriots who gave their blood, sweat, and tears for this beloved nation. We inherit the legacy of American heroes. Just nobody has anything more than what you have. So much. Look at yourselves and look where you've come. Look even in the world of politics. Iowa, it's Iowa. And by the way, as long as I'm here, Iowa, and I made this pledge to you four years ago, Iowa will always come first in the rotation. You know what that means, right? There's a lot of pressure. Let's put them back. I said, no, you're not putting them back. You know why? Because that's called the opposite of cancel culture. That's called a great American tradition. Iowa will always be number one, okay? You can forget it. We inherit the legacy of American heroes who cross the oceans, blaze the trails, settle the continent, tame the wilderness, laid down the railroads, dug out the Panama Canal, raised up the skyscrapers, won two world wars, defeated fascism and communism, and landed our brave American astronauts on the face of the moon. So much you've done. We made America into the single greatest nation in the history of the world, and the best is yet to come. Proud citizens like you helped build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working, we are going to keep on fighting, and we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. Because we are one movement. We are one people and one family. We are one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Iowa, we have made America wealthy again. We have made America strong again. We have made America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Iowa. Thank you. Thank you very much.